0: This is Podco Media Networks.
1: Hello, and welcome to the Peace Love Plants podcast. I am your host, Marco Knox, aka the Phytogenic Chef. I have a very special guest on the show today. She's a yogi, a healer, an altruistic human being, and a peaceful warrior. Her light shines bright and far. She's the woman that walks beside me in this life, Karen Knox. AKA Beachy Buddha. In this episode, Karen shares with us how she evolved from being a top 10 figure competitor to a Reiki healer, a whole food plant based over 40 athlete, and psychology student. Smashing stereotypes and chasing dreams is just what she does for fun. In her professional life, she serves as a director of development for a nonprofit that is focused on food system policy change for the youth, seniors, and ultimately, all of us. So, kick on back, find your Zen space, and enjoy My Beachy Buddha Life with Karen Knox. Karen Knox, aka Beachy Buddha. Welcome to the Peace, Love, Plants podcast. It's a true honor to have you on the show. How are you doing today? I am doing wonderfully. Thank you so much for asking. No problem. You know, I'm really excited to speak with you today because, as our listeners just heard in my opening intro, you're the woman that walks beside me in this life. You're a wellness coach, a director of development for a nonprofit organization, and the founder of Beachy Buddha Life. Oh, and I can't forget—you're also a full-time college student and you're training to run a marathon. Wow, that's a lot. (laughs) Your story is one that is an inspiration to all that know you, and I'm sure will be a story that continues to inspire many more. So, allow me to set the stage here for our audience. You've got a 20-year background as a wellness coach ranging from personal training, mindful meditation, pranayama, and Reiki healing. That's a lot of experience and an in-depth offering, and I want to discuss all of it. But let's start here. Take me back to your early years. You became a personal trainer first. Am I right on that?
0: Yes. So I first found my love for fitness and wellness at about 21 years old, and that was following a childhood of being extremely skinny and extremely unathletic. So it was, it was a whole new world to me. And when I started lifting weights and I started realizing the self-confidence that I gained when I found fitness and the concept that I had found something that I could control in life, it was very empowering to me. And it was just something I immediately fell in love with. And I very quickly realized that the changes, both physically and emotionally, that I was experiencing, that they were something that I wanted to help other people find. So I did go out and get my own personal training certification and start
1: my own business. So you had your own personal training business in your early 20s. And I read that, and obviously I know, (laughs) that you competed as well in, in figure. Am I right on that? Was it figure or bodybuilding? Which It's called figure. Okay. It is a
0: section of physique competitions that okay. isn't quite as big as bodybuilding, but it is so they figure in. It's sort of like a beauty pageant meets bodybuilding is the best way I can describe it. That so yeah, we were judged on symmetry, muscle tone, conditioning, but also beauty, poise, things like that. So yeah, standing up on stage and competing in front of hundreds of people was a unique experience.
1: Wow. Every time you share this story with me, I sit back a little bit because it's just so hard for me to wrap my mind around that you did that because it's just so not who you are now as we're about to learn. But it's fascinating because that takes such dedication and poise and confidence to go out in front of so many people and do something like that. And you are not a woman that lacks confidence. That's for sure. You're, you're very confident in in everything that you do, but you mentioned that it gave that to you. Is that where it really kind of birthed for you or are you always very confident?
0: Oh no, it definitely came from fitness. Yeah, It most definitely did. And it, I think that's why I fell in love with it so much is it, it finally gave me that. Yeah. And that is still a, very much a part of who I am. There's just so much more that has occurred since then. Yeah. But that competitiveness and that discipline and that drive and that surge of energy that you get when you compete, I, I still seek, but in a different way now. <laughs> right,
1: right. So you're, you were a trainer, you competed. How did you evolve? Take me through a little bit of the progression right up to the point where you are about to go to your immersion. I don't want to give too much away, but kind of fill in the gap for me a little bit. I'd be happy to. So, years
0: of working with clients, I learned so much from them. Sometimes I think I, I learned as much from them as they did from me. And and it started out, I, I started training other fitness competitors. I started training professional and collegiate athletes. And, you know, that really was sort of my area of expertise. And then I started widening the repertoire. And I started working with senior citizens who were le- learning to um, increase their mobility and, and get some of their, their youthfulness back. And that was really exciting. And I worked with a lot of deconditioned individuals who were who were just trying to get back into the workforce and, and lose weight. And, and, you know, it really was a wide range of amazing individuals that I got to become very close to over the years. And one thing that I realized during that was that while I was addressing the external. I was teaching them how to eat. I was pushing them through workouts. I was giving them everything I knew how to give. And while we were seeing some results, I was really frustrated at times because it just didn't feel like they were getting to where I thought they could be. And they were still struggling. And that was painful for me to watch. And so, you know, you come to care about people so much. Mm -hmm. And And so you want so badly for them to reach all of their wildest goals. And and it wasn't always happening. And I wasn't really sure why, but I knew there was something I was missing. And I found that in myself as well. I mean, I, I knew that I was physically healthy, but I just felt like there was something missing. So I started searching for that. And... One serendipitous, not necessarily wonderful thing occurred that sort of brought that to light, and that was when I was diagnosed with cervical arthritis years after my competitive career ended, due in part to a lot of the, the physical damage that I did when I was competing, you know, not always doing all the right things to help myself recover, et cetera. And so that forced me to sort of shift my priorities, both in my nutritional plan By allowing me to focus on finding out what is anti-inflammatory. How can I fix this? How can I be in less pain? Mm -hmm. So I started walking down that road nutritionally and also physically. I started incorporating some yoga asanas into my practice. And when I did that, I started feeling a shift. And I realized, okay, this needs to be brought to my clients as well. Because I'm benefiting from this and I need to be able to share this with others. So I signed up for a 30-day yoga immersion training course so that I could go learn how to teach them what I was discovering within myself.
1: Fascinating. So a 30-day yoga immersion. I remember the day like it was yesterday. (laughs) (laughs) And I was really glad that you were going to do this because I could see it in your eyes that you wanted it badly. Like, this was a, a new challenge for you, right? Then you laughed, and 30 days later, you came back. Take me through a little bit of what you went through in that immersion and some of the awakenings that you discovered.
0: Oh, wow. Okay, well, let me preface this with I had absolutely no idea what I had signed up for. <laughs> I, I knew that this was something that I felt deep within my soul that it needed to occur.
1: Yeah.
0: I just really wasn't fully aware of why the universe was telling me this so strongly. I really was like, okay, this is going to be the most physically challenging thing I have ever done. And I am going to come out of this a beast. That was my mindset.
1: So and you're kind of leaning back into that mentality of your your physical com- training days. Oh,
0: completely. I was ready to be the best yogi there. And, <laughs> and, and that was that definitely was how I entered and I came out what I feel like is a completely different person. I did not expect not only the physical challenges and the physical growth that occurred there, but the emotional and spiritual journey that I was embarking on blew my mind. Wow, how to start. I mean, the Uh the very first thing that my yogi basically said to me when I got there my yogi master was that we were not going to be eating dairy while we were there and now hold on were you plant-based prior to going to this no I was not okay. um as you know but the the listeners don't know right. we we thought we were doing it all right uh-huh. you know we were we were fairly clean eaters we had that had been a priority in our home for a long time to keep ourselves you know, fueled and for athletic performance, etc. But this was a whole new chapter of that. So
1: So back to the no dairy. I didn't mean to interrupt you there, but I just wanted to make sure that we all understood.
0: No, that's important because it was it was a new thing for me. And of course when he says that, you know, my personal trainer self chimes up and says, Well why? And I want to know physically why. (laughs) And he starts explaining to me about how dairy causes so much inflammation in the body. And I was like, well, okay. You know, I I'm game for that. I had this, this neck thing that I'm dealing with while well, I'm going to be doing all this yoga and, and yeah, okay, I'll try it. Even called home and told you about it. And you said you'd do it too. So we were in and we didn't really eat any meat there either. We were free to eat it at dinner if you chose to, but I, we had a fresh garden and you know, I had, the time had limited cooking skills, so I was just fine eating beans and vegetables and, and, you know, basic things for dinner. So I basically went plant-based the entire 30 days. So aside from that experiment, which we'll, we'll get into how that plays in, the 30 days was so much more than physical. I mean, I, I went there thinking, okay, I'm going to learn how to teach people how to do poses on a mat. And what I quickly realized was that yoga is a way of life. It is a set of values in which you live your life with. It is a lens in which you view life through. And those were things that really shocked me and enlightened me in a way that I can't explain. And it's been truly life-changing since I came home.
1: It has. For both of us, it's fascinating how your immersion, in a way, became my immersion, too. Because here I was at home without my best friend, my wife, for 30 days. So now I was forced to go within. And I, I did, like you mentioned, I, I took on some of the challenges that you were going through. Obviously, not all of them I couldn't. But the dairy, I, I said, hey, I'm right there with you. I won't do the cheese or dairy for the 30 days, too. So it really is fascinating. So let's talk about some of the post-immersion applications to the awakenings that you experienced you come out of the immersion you come home and as you just said it was a transformative experience for you what was it like coming home because let me add some context as well we had just moved right mm-hmm. we had just moved into the place we we're currently living in So we moved and you left. So you hadn't really been in your new home yet. So it really was like a whole transformation for you, right? It really was. And it was really kind of, I was a
0: little nervous because I felt like I truly was coming home a different person than I had left. And I know that you had gone through a lot of breakthroughs and things yourself, you know, in your time. And it just felt like that 30 days was more like three years. It was fascinating to come home and go, okay, how does this fit now? What is life going to be like from day to day? And it really has completely revamped not only our life, but also my business. It has changed everything in such an amazing, wonderful way. So
1: let's talk about the business. You come back and now you're certified, right?
0: I am. I am a certified yoga practitioner and I've since then also become a Reiki master. So I have lots of wonderful energy healing and (laughs) things to offer
1: people, so... So you come back and you're ready to put your practice to business, right? Yes. Talk to me about the business that you decided to do and some of the services you decided to offer as a result of your your transformation, your, your next evolution of your your journey.
0: BT Buddha Life was born. <laughs> I love that
1: name. I love so- that name. Real quick, real quick, if I may. It's wonderful to talk with you on this podcast while sitting next to the ocean. So you really are Beachy Buddha Life, I mean. <laughs>
0: it, it is it is the life that I live and one that, you know, you don't have to live on the ocean to, right. to live, but it is pretty cool. Um, <laughs> but that was part of how the name was born. So Beachy Buddha Life is really, it's so many different tools that I've learned throughout the years and so many Experiences that I've had all brought together into one package. So now my wellness business, as opposed to really just being focused on the external health, now is focused on true wellness, which encompasses physical, spiritual, and emotional. And that's a lot. And Mm -hmm. so there's a lot of aspects to it. So we cover, of course, physical activity. We talk about nutrition, we talk about things like meditation and pranayama, which is breath work. We talk about stress reduction. How can we live in the life that we live and make changes to our environment, which includes who do we surround ourselves with? What do we do day to day? What kind of music do we listen to? What kind of TV do we watch? What is our environment that we're creating for ourselves? How does that affect us? And how do we react to that environment? How do we perceive our life? And, you know, perception is reality. That's of huge importance. What lens we view life through. And so I try to address all of those important things to really get to the core of true wellness and true happiness with my clients now.
1: That's amazing. And I know you've worked with several clients since coming back. And one in particular stands out to me. Uh, Please remind me of her name. Kathleen. Yes is that who you're? yes it is she I feel like I know her through you. <laughs> she seems like such a wonderful woman and she seems like she really benefits from your guidance. She's a bright spot in
0: life. I truly feel like I get just as much positive energy from her as she does from me. but she is a miraculous, wonderful client in that she's so open. Yeah. she's I mean, this is a woman who's in her 60s. She has survived strokes and many other health issues who came to me with this disconnect. She felt like she just wasn't connected to her body anymore. She It wasn't listening to her, literally. She would want it to do things and it it wasn't doing what she wanted it to do. So I knew there was a scientific mind-body connection that we could work on physically and through thought processes, etc., But there was also a much deeper-seated emotional thing that we needed to address. She had a very, very poor relationship with food. And that had been a deep-seated thing that she had, had battled with her whole life. And we have just had an amazing journey together. And through physical work, she now feels like her body is—it actually listens to her. She feels like it's hers again she's she's connected it's amazing and one of the most fun things is we when i finally got her to work with me on food that was fascinating we started with what i call a sipping solution where we she would make shakes and and she would drink fruits and vegetables throughout the day because she really wasn't eating anything pretty much prior to that except for maybe a candy bar once a day i mean there was literally no nutrition going in her body she had zero metabolism and by the concept of adding things to the diet as opposed to taking them away. I started introducing her to some healthy things. And it was miraculous because within a couple of weeks, all of a sudden she's like, well, now what can I eat between the shakes? She was starting to get hungry. Now I started to get excited. Up now. Yeah, I started to get excited. And, and with that then, I mean, it wasn't, but maybe a month later I show up at her house one day and she says, I have amazing news. And I'm like, well, what is that? And she says, I've gotten so much energy, I don't even know what to do with myself. I'm mm-hmm. I mean, a surplus. Oh my gosh, she's running around the house and she's doing these craft projects and she's talking about writing a book because she's got all these amazing thoughts running through her head and she feels like she just has this entire new lease on life. And it's when you can open a door, when you can just crack a door to someone and let them walk through that door and find themselves and find a part of themselves that they haven't found in a long time mm-hmm. and, and ignite excitement in them that they haven't felt in a long time. It's just so amazing to witness and just it, it makes it all worth it.
1: Yeah, and I know that you personally get a lot out of that. And it's interesting to hear you tell that story. As you were telling me, it seems like Beachy Buddha Life, your business, is really just a catalyst for other people. You're giving you like you said, you're cracking that door for people. You're not saying this is what you need to do and this is how you do it. You're just giving them examples of how they can do things which sparks their curiosity and then their action, knowledge, and a lifestyle. So the Beachy Buddha life is just this encompassing catalyst. Am I right?
0: It absolutely is. I mean, that's at the end of the day, a Beachy Buddha life is I always say it's one that's lived with purpose and on purpose. And with an abundance of gratitude. And that looks different for everybody. Because everybody's dream is different, you know? But when I can help someone wake up in the morning and set a tone for themselves. And, you know, maybe it's take that few minutes and, and meditate in the morning and say your gratitudes. And, you know, which is, for those who don't know, just speak to the universe. Talk about what you're thankful for. Say it. Literally say it. Let yourself hear yourself say it. There's a power in that. And it changes how you look at everything else throughout the day. And when I can just make little changes like that and and open doors to people or maybe make a diet change that then changes the energy within their body that allows them to feel different or look at things differently or handle stress differently, little changes can make for big, big outcomes. And those outcomes can be different in each individual person. So yeah, it's really a template to create your own Beach Buddha life, whatever that may be for you.
1: That's fascinating. That's a great summary. It really is. Thank you for sharing that. It's interesting. I mean, I could talk to you all day about your expertise because you have many, but I mean, the food is just like, that's a whole show. The mindful meditation, that's a whole episode. The pranayama, that's a whole episode. So it's really hard to... Gather all this knowledge you have throughout the years and talk about it on one episode. So it's small doses, but I'd love to have you back to talk about some of those other things. Anytime. Anytime. <laughs> so let's transition into a little bit of what you're currently doing. You're I mentioned in the beginning that you're training for a marathon. And you're smiling now. So people can't <laughs> see this, but I can I can just see the passion in your face. You're excited. Because you've always, since I've known you, you've you've been physically capable of just about anything you wanted to do and running has always been important to you but you know the neck issue kind of slowed you down a little bit and you just didn't do it as much but now you're taking on a marathon how many miles is a mar- i don't even know how many <laughs> a marathon is
0: a marathon is 26.2 miles wow and yeah i am and i'm so excited and the fascinating part about it is is i never contemplated doing this before i have completed two half marathons before it was a little over 10 years ago but I've never, I always thought you were crazy if you wanted to go any farther than that. But mm-hmm. things are different now. And I owe that all to what I eat and but basically my environment. What am I eating? Mm-hmm. What, am I, what am I exposing myself to? What kind of a life have I created for myself? And how does that positively nurture me? And so my relationship with running, as is my relationship with everything in life, has evolved pretty much since yoga school. Mm-hmm. Running is no different. And what I found now is that, number one, I recover a lot faster. Wait, I know we really didn't clarify, but we do follow a complete whole food plant-based menu and, you know, way of life in our home. And that brings with it so many positive outcomes, um, you know, physically, emotionally, spiritually. I think it's one of the key components to the yogic lifestyle that we live. And with running in particular, it's my recovery is faster. I just physically feel more energetic out there. I set a PR a weekend ago at a 5K um, fastest 5K I've ever ran at 43. So wow. that's exciting. And my relationship with it has changed. I now run just because I love it. It's a moving meditation for me. It's, uh, you know, last weekend I did 10 miles, no music. Just simply tuning into my surroundings, my body, my breathing, being there in every step and enjoying the act of it. And it's just something that's purely joyful for me now. So, yeah, I'm excited. Marathon, here I come.
1: (laughs) Being in the moment, being present. Everything you do. You know,
0: it's people ask me what mindful meditation is, and that looks so different. For everyone and for me at every moment, because everything that I do can be a mindful meditation. If you're if you're in that moment, at that moment, doing that thing with a purpose, then that is a meditation.
1: Absolutely. I feel like we're meditating right now.
0: We sort of are.
1: <laughs> so we're getting close to setting this thing down. But as I mentioned, I'm I'm going to have you back on because people are going to want to hear about these other things that you mentioned. But before we set this thing down, what's next for you? I know the marathon is big. Was that, did I, did I kind of let the cat out of the bag by saying that? Or is there other things you have going on?
0: Oh, no, there's so much more. (laughs) Give give me a little teaser if you could. Sure. So one of my biggest projects right now is that I am, I think you mentioned in the beginning, I'm in school. So I am back in college. I'm majoring in psychology. And I'm really excited about that because to me, that is the next phase of Beachy Buddha life. That is taking the ability to help people to a other level. I want to really dig deep into our relationship, our psychological relationship with food and how that shapes our life and also how food affects us psychologically. I think that circle of Feedback from each of those things and how they relate to each other is crucial to wellness and to happiness. And that's something I want to help people understand and help find.
1: That's amazing and beautiful. It really is. Well, we're going to have you back on, but we're going to have to set it down for now. I've really enjoyed this conversation with you, as I'm sure uh, all those that are listening have as well. You're a person that lights up a room when you walk in. And I'm extremely grateful that you allow me to receive some of that light. Thank you for your time today. And I'm excited to watch in real time these goals manifest.
0: Thank you so much. I'm truly honored to be here. I can't wait to come back.
1: No problem. No problem. That was Karen Knox, everybody. Beachy Buddha life. Make sure to check my show notes so you can learn more about her and her journey. And until next time, peace, love, and plants. Selfless. That's the word that comes to mind when I think of Karen and her journey. I admire her for many reasons, but the trait that stands out to me the most is her dedication to constantly improving herself while always lifting others up. It's a true gift that we all possess, but we don't all tap into. Karen embraces it and has made it part of her everyday life. The Beachy Buddha life isn't a hyperbole, so don't fret if you don't have access to warm waters and sand. As we just learned, it's a mindset. A way of living your life with gratitude, which spawns abundance. Now, I may be a bit biased, but I speak from first-hand experience. And I live my own beachy Buddha life. I hope you enjoyed getting to know a little about Karen. And perhaps you gained a few nuggets of inspiration you can use. Be sure to check out my show notes and links to learn more about her and the work that she does. That's a wrap for this episode. Please join me next week as Dr. Marvin Singh joins the show. He's a triple board certified medical doctor specializing in internal medicine, gastroenterology, and integrative medicine. Moreover, he's a kind human being helping to save lives through a whole health approach. Until then, peace, love, and plants.